Welcome back to Switched On, a platform for our emerging generations who are looking at belonging to a community that upholds what it means to learn and grow from life's experiences in order to fulfill one's potential, becoming more switched on in the process. Enjoy the episode. G'day, g'day, g'day. How are you going? Hope you're doing well, wherever you are. Bubba, how are you going? Mate, I am very good and I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited for today. Um... We got a we got a very good guest in today. Very Absolutely, good. another episode of the Switched On podcast. So stoked, and we are joined by Eddie or Edit Maradona, mate. How are you going? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm pretty stoked too. Um, I think we're going to get into some interesting conversations today. Yes, okay. So if you don't know Eddie, uh, he's the owner of Cabinet Noir, which is one of Perth's luxury brands, and his uh, concept store, which. I don't exactly how to know how to define a concept store, but maybe you can help me out with that. To be honest, like when we started, you know, we didn't even know what concept store was. <laughs> <laughs> like literally when we were, um, when I opened the store, I just wanted to open the store. I was like, you know, we had a, I had a dream when I was 19, 18, 19. Um, started working at Fort Lockheed and we always talk about, man, one day we're going to have our own store, you know, fuck these guys. Like <laughs> <laughs> working for the man, like, you know, we're going to have our own store. We can do whatever we want. And that's been a dream. Um, so fast forward, when I opened the shop, I just wanted to, you know, have sneakers in there, you know, like some unique clothing that I like um, from traveling to New York, Japan, just kind of got bring Perth something different. And that's how it started. And then I didn't know what I was doing. And and then suddenly I was in Paris doing fashion week. I'm like, yes. what the fuck did I get here? You know? And then it was just fashion more like, week. yeah, it was more like really interesting, just pretty much just like. You know, knocking on the door, hey, what's going on here? What party you like? And then you meet people and um, and you get invited to more parties and then more brands follow and stuff like that. You yeah. Know? And then that's been doing, I've been doing it for 10 years now. This is our 10th anniversary. 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. That's crazy, huge. From a, from a well, Foot Locker to now, you know, Paris Fashion Week to, you know, one of the big brands across Australia like and in the world that's. Yeah, pretty admirable. While you're sitting sitting in the footlockers and stuff, the man, we're going to do it ourselves. And yeah, incredible. I can't oh, wait to get into it. Yeah, we'll get into that more. But uh, firstly, Eddie, mate, what'd you do to get switched on this morning? I had a coffee, meditated. Yep. And then I've been taking this thing that I've been, you know, I've been watching a lot of Andrew Huberman. Athletic Greens. I'm like, what? I'm a sucker for me, good ads, man. Tell me you're using his, like, um, you get, did you use these subscriptions? You get like 12 I, years, 12, uh, 12 months of vitamin D for free. And I'll, I'll tell you what I'm on right now, right? <laughs> Not go. the steroids, but <laughs> I'm on this thing called Tonkat Ali, which is like a herb, uh, Indonesian Malaysian herb, supposed to boost your testosterone level. Right. Okay. Right. And for Dojo Crestus, it's like also boost, help boost your testosterone level. And because I've been going to gym a lot, and everyone's like, "Man, you get on the get on the, the test, test bro." <laughs> the <laughs> test level's at. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm good. I, you know, I'm good. I just want to like do everything naturally, you know. And then now I've started taking these. I'm like, bro, I kid you not. Two days in, I got so horny. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this like a sign that my testosterone's high? <laughs> not only that, it's just like when your testosterone's high, it's you enjoy doing hard effort, right? Yeah. So yeah. You're at the gym, you're like, fuck yeah, I want to push it harder. And not only that, not only at the gym, but at work as well. I was well. going to say that, yeah. I was like, you know, now I'm like tackling, you know, like the emails that normally give me so much anxiety to open up, you know, holy shit, give me anxiety. But now I'm like, I want to tackle the hardest emails first. And then, you know, so you feel right. like, and it, it kind of boosts my test even higher because like, what, you know, when you, 
uh, testosterone is, is kind of like a funny thing, right? When you feel like a man, like when you're doing manly things, like problem solving mm. and like, and you, you boost your testosterone, your dopamine testosterone goes up. Yes. So for me, it's like that. When I feel like my test is high, to a point like I'm so confident, I go to a bar, normally I don't talk to girls, whatever. <laughs> I go to a bar, I'm like, hey, honey, you're looking really good. Hang on a second, this is not me. <laughs> nah, good stuff. On, yeah. on the athletic greens, good? Because right. I've, I've, like, because there's so many, like, it's, like, so I don't know if you know Dylan Friends now, he's, he's is he on it? it? Yeah, he's in there, in there, or this clog is one of those, they're doing it. Um, Chris Williamson, yep. model, like, he's on like, that, and, oh, yeah. and all, well. all you got to do is just type in they all got the same code get 20% off and right. 12 yeah. months free of this and well, I'm on a monthly subscription thing right they send you like a packet and so it's uh, good. start a kit so like this is what I found with Athletic Greens I don't know if because I stopped drinking for three weeks or the combination of Tonkat Ali and all that stuff <laughs> it's, but I noticed with uh, with athletic, uh, athletic Greens it's now I wake up at 6.30 seven o'clock and I feel awake. I feel alert and razor sharp. And I was like, and normally I'm like, oh yeah, let's snooze a little bit. But now I'm like, Joop, hop out of bed, ready to go. Know, gra- grab my athletic greens and go, go, go. It's crazy. And it's like, well, good shout like out. I'm an I'm yeah. electric car now instead of like an old vintage car. I used to tell myself, my friends, yeah, man, I'm a vintage car. You got to warm me up for half an hour before I go. <laughs> but now I'm like, Joop. Yep, power's on. Like, Let's boom. go. Yeah. Right, we're going to clip that and send it to them and see what we can do. This week's sponsor, <laughs> Athletic Greens. Yeah, yeah. I wish, man. I'm like, that's one thing. I'm like, oh, man, I need to get sponsored by Athletic Greens. I'm yeah. like being mm. plugged into so <laughs> much. But it's also like, yeah, it's crazy because I don't, you know, I eat a lot of vegetables and, uh, and all that. But yeah, like right now, that's probably like the biggest, besides the Tonkat Ali, like Athletic Greens really helped me out. Yeah, awesome. Interesting. On, on like, I'm just curious right now while we're on the topic of, other brands how do you go with like that like promoting other brands or wearing other brands or yeah i'm gonna like man like brands love me right because i plug them and when i really truly believe um about brand and i'll I'll really really, like give them a good review and so i get sent a lot of free shit which is awesome Mm. is that that, like conflict no not really yeah see this is um and i like supporting like brands that really work yeah i mean the problem with like a lot of the local mentality is I found um, not just Perth, but everywhere. It's the you know tall poppy syndrome, right? Yeah. But it's for me. I always live by this philosophy: when the water goes up, all the boats go up. Yeah, like, yeah. Right? Trying to sink each other's boat, and I'm like, bro, what are you doing, man? Like, exactly. Just, like, I love when I see my friends win, so I plug all my friends' brands and stuff like that, and the businesses around Perth. You know, it's all about elevating each other. But unfortunately, as you get bigger and bigger, people are trying to like, you know, uh, bring you down, and that's a kind of sad thing. And I want to show. Well, hey, that's because they're jealous, right? They're like, yeah, well, they want security, kind of like, yeah. man, we're not good, we're not there, and you know, just so much hatred. And I, I had to go through that when I was starting, started off with the business. Do you know what I mean? And at the beginning, I was like so naive, like, man, I would, like, I'm leaking the plug, I want to help everyone, and then I get shut down by so many, like, people and brands, stores that I look up to, um, to a point like they're really trying to bring my business down. They go, man, why are they doing this? You know, yeah, talk bad about us and shit like that. And I'm like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Just keep doing us. Just keep doing our way, which is supporting other businesses as well. But yeah, I mean, that's that's just my nature, I guess. I'm so glad you said that because it's the same in so many different industries. Oh, for sure. Like podcasts, it's like, oh, you know, we're, we're competing against this local podcast. It's like, no, or you're not like our brand's competing against you. Well, no, let's like work together. We're in the same space. Let's elevate each other. And I like yeah, that. Man, like, you said like, about I'll, the... I'll, I'll, because I listen to a lot of potty as well. And like, you know, like you mentioned Chris Williamson, I'm 
I watch a lot of Mike Thurston podcasts. Yes, right, you know, yeah. and, and they all kind of like mention each other's podcasts, you know, like, and they're really supporting each other's podcasts. And they go to each other's podcasts as well. Same with like a lot of the YouTube influence that I watch, you know, like the fitness industry people. You know, I watch like, you know, um, Eddie Hall talking about, yes. with, <laughs> you know, training with the this and this and then Jesse James West, like training with Eddie Hall. And, just, yeah. like, and they kind of um, promote each other's like channel and that's what it should be. Right? Exactly. Help each other out. Well, yeah, I do want to go back to getting switched on. So, Braden, what did you do this morning to get switched on? Um, I'm the, I'm a bit the same on the meditation side. So I got up, um, usual time, went for my walk, came home, uh, a cold shower, walk, come home, meditate, and then um, yeah, made my way into the to the office. Um, How good is meditating? I can jump on uh, that as well. I'd meditate this morning as well. It's like sometimes you. You just, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like the best thing, man. Like you just so like, like last night I had to do it because I was like, my head was buzzing. Right. I'm trying to get my car fixed at the moment yeah. and it's here, there, everywhere, Stress. out of Red Joe. <laughs> got to do this, got to do this. Don't crash your car. But, and then like I was stressing about that. And then like last night, man, I just meditated for 15, 20 minutes and bang, it was just like. That's a long time. Yeah, I was yeah, I find it really hard oh, to really? meditate over 10 like, minutes. Well, it takes yeah, 10 minutes is a good time. Swear at well, I hit this, um, someone said it the best, right? When like meditating is like, you know, your spaceship trying to leave the atmosphere. The first like five, 10 minutes, the hardest, like yeah. a lot of- Oh yeah, that's why I have to go for longer. But yeah. then when you hit that space, everything just calm. Yeah. And time became so like, yeah, it's just so spaceless really. Yeah. And I hit that once where I lost feeling of my whole body. I felt like floating, mm. but it didn't freak me out. I'm like, oh shit. And then, <laughs> and then back, back, back Yeah, and once you notice, you're like, damn. Damn, man, I should've just yeah. kept at it. You know, like, yeah. it was such a good feeling. Yeah. And now I'm trying to look for that feeling, that, again, feeling again. that feeling again. At the moment, it's been great for me just cause, oh, as a younger dude, 21 at uni, and just Ooh, got a bit, bit <laughs> yeah, got a bit of stuff going on. It's just like, like in terms of me now, like with uni, footy, uh, work like switched on and stuff and so actually having those moments where i get to give myself to meditate it's like oh like <laughs> this is what i need right now yeah you know and i like how you, you touched on like it doesn't have to be oh i'm not thinking about anything because that's not what it is that's not what it is oh, that is the biggest the... misconception with um with meditation because people think oh, i need to sit here and not think about anything well because everyone's brain nowadays is just racing a hundred mile an yeah. hour um and it's just adhd man Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <doesn't> stop. <laughs> but let's um let's take it back i want to know where you started yeah like who you are where you're from your background like give us a little right. snapshot of far back all right back, back back to so i'm indonesian originally yep moved here when i was 10 um couldn't speak a word of english and i was just kind of like it was a biggest struggle you know what, what year mean? was that that was in that was 96 97 i was in year six and i think i was getting to year seven year seven i couldn't speak english couldn't speak english and i was just like i knew like the most basic i eat an apple or (laughs) (laughs) the most basic because we literally left the country during like the civil war there was a lot of killing and my dad i didn't understand any of it why are we leaving i was so sad and i got here i'm like fuck the school's big and the city's kind of quiet it's kind of nice you know and just like couldn't speak. And now for me, that was the beginning of like, all right, I need to learn this fucking language. You know what I mean? I'm like, because the kids are looking down on me. I mean, there's some nice kids from the beginning that are like supportive. My like, man, like, you know, no, no, no. And back like, then. man, back then, like, give it a night to speak English. Man, you get bullied and you get mm-hmm. called names, a lot of racism. And I'm like, cool, I have to right. learn how to do that. Either you, like, there's two ways you can go about it, right? Like, this is what I found with like 
a lot of like the Asians who like got bullied, they stick together. But I was like, I got bullied, you know what? I'm gonna stick with the white kids. I'm gonna know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna talk like them, you know? Like when you start learning more, and they're like, hey, you know what? They start taking you on board, and like, and that's kind of like that's the when I realized the power of language. You know, if you don't know how to speak properly, yeah. this is what I find with like a lot of kids. Um, and I start when I started teaching different schools through dancing. The kids who couldn't communicate, express themselves verbally, they're the ones who who um, gone to violence and like because they don't know what what else to do. They don't know how to react. Yeah. So when like now if kids like trying to bully me verbally, I'm like, I can come, I can give them a, a witty comeback too, right? Yeah. So, like, they go, oh shit, oh I can't really give them too much shit. Yeah. <laughs> but then like a lot of kids couldn't handle it. They end up they resolve to to violence, and that's what happened at the beginning of my childhood. I was just like fucking getting to, you know, not punch on properly, but like you know. I was just kind of like trying to get the aggression out. And as you get older, I'm like learning a bit more and like learn how to communicate a bit more, a bit better. And I stopped stop doing it. Yeah. So I guess with that, how would you describe yourself as a younger person or a teenager growing an adolescent? very insecure. Like, yeah. obviously, I couldn't even look at people in the eyes. I, I remember like, you know, I couldn't even go up to a girl. I was like, hey, ask for a, to, for a dance or something like that. Mm. And that kind of like, that was the beginning. And I think that still is the core of it all to how I act now, how I dress now, how to behave now. Because my deep inside, that insecure boy built me who I am. Yeah. Um, and to me, it's like, how do I become more interesting? And I used to like look at my friends and like, ooh, why is he, everyone likes him. You know, why? Oh, he's, he's a storyteller. When he does storytelling, like everyone gravitates towards him and listens to him. Oh, okay, I get out of I gotta learn how to tell a story. And his story could be like really shit. But the way he tells it, man, he'd be like, right. gosh, you wouldn't believe what happened to me the other day. I'm like, holy shit, fuck them. Like, oh shit. I'm like, I'm like, tell me more, tell me more, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then compared to other one, like other people who don't know how to tell a story. And then I saw my other friends like, man, why is he that guy's also like all the girls like him? Why? Oh, you know, he's very like tactile with girls, a real friend. Mm. He laughs all their jokes and girls love that. Someone to listen and laugh and do you know what I mean? Ah, so I'm taking all these knowledge, right? Yeah. I'm like, all right, putting it into my little persona and start practicing it before you know it becomes like my second nature yeah right it's it's kind of crazy like you you know like when i and then i read this book called have you heard of the, uh have you read the book called the game by by neil strauss right so my friend got me no i haven't it. so it's about pickup artists right so this guy he's like a rolling stone journalist um this is a biography uh, about him how he got into pickup artist world and and same thing where he's like man couldn't get girls he's He's bold and he's just like, yeah, he's just struggling, <laughs> right? So then he dwelled into the art of pickup artistry and met this guy mystery and learned all the pickup technique. But what I learned in the book, it's not about how to pick up girls, but it's how to demonstrate higher value. And right. in the book, that's what he says. Like, you don't want to demonstrate lower value, be the average show. You want to demonstrate higher value. So if you're in a social environment and you see like Leonardo DiCaprio, you gravitate to it oh shit he's got you just straight away know he's got higher value. value but even if you don't know who he is just the way he walks the way he dressed like leo has this kind of demeanor i'm like oh you fuck you know <laughs> and people somehow gravitate towards that yeah and the the ones with like low values the one kind of like oh yeah oh yeah follow him around like listen to every single word that leo would say so the book really teaches how to demonstrate however and that's what the the stuff that i use now to get um, when I'm in a business uh, meeting and so on and so on, when dealing with like people of the higher up, because uh, when I got into the business, I was fairly young. So dealing with like someone in the 40s and the 50s and trying to make them treat me the same level, mm. I have to act differently. So I, like the way I sit down would be different. I have to like 
lean back a little bit, you know, just kind of like, you know, give that, you know, I don't give a fuck who you are kind of vibe. And then they go, oh, this kid is interesting. Like, oh, man, you should hang out more. I'm like, yeah. Was it kind of that fake it till you make it? Like, did he implement that? At the beginning, I was kind of like doing it consciously. Yeah. But the more you do it, kind of like, it comes and also the more valuable it becomes, the more it became naturally. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because now I start putting in my head, I'm, like, I'm the shit. They want to listen to my story. I'm so interested. You know, I keep telling myself <laughs> that also helped through my years of dancing, right? So I was a professional dancer for 10 years. At the beginning- Beat boy. Beat boy. So like, you know, at the beginning I was like, fuck, I'm too shy to like, but I was trying to press this girl. I want to learn how to break dance and press mm. this girl. Anyway, so I went to a workshop and did all the classes and every single class, at the end of every single class, you have to dance in the middle of a circle. And that was the biggest thing for me, right? Especially like, with wow. someone that was, you talked about earlier, insecure. Oh man, I was nervous because yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, you go around the circle and you go, oh shit, my turn soon, my turn soon, right? And you just have to kind of go in just like, and no one laughs at you. Kind of, everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, nice. Give you clap when you're like, oh man, like, this is nice. And you do it every week again, again, again. Yeah. To a point where I'm like, I start performing on stage, like in front of 5,000 people. Or I'm like, to a point where I'm like, I actually start craving attention. I'm like, yeah. I love that audience, yeah. you know? So we used to break every, we used to like, we used to go to Inlu um, Cinema and we just break at the front, you know? <laughs> Get the crowd going. <laughs> we used to break at the middle cent- Central Park in the city and did battles and like, man, like thousands of people end up like watching what's going on here. So it's like a bit of step up sort of actually. Yeah, well, step up yeah. is based on our lifestyle. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, Hell yeah. And all our friends and step up and shit. So like, and that was our reality. Like, man, Mike's so confident to a point where like we can rock up to any club. We'd be like, yeah, dude, those are the B-boys. Like they just let us in at the time, you know? Oh, that's um, So they kind of like really boost my confidence to the next level um, before I head into the fashion industry. Not like back, back then everyone knew me as edit. So when people call me edit now, it's like, oh, that's they knew me from back in the days. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, you're edit, like yeah. <laughs> so it's it's I like I'm gonna take it back to the start where you said, you know, this guy knows how to do this, this one knows this, this one's a good storyteller. Like that in itself is you're not comparing yourself to them. You're like, okay, like why does he do that? How can I use that to me to help me? It's sort of like an inspiration. Yeah. It's like you could have compared yourself and be like, oh, this guy's a really good storyteller. I'm a crap storyteller. Like. But you're like, nah, use that to put it into this. How exactly. can I use that to help me grow, to learn? Like, and from that, that's such a young age to be able to, you know, start to develop that mentality. Yeah, it's um, it's huge because most people go through life now, and it's like, like we said, we compare like comparisons to the joy, which is great quotes. We're comparing. It's like, nah, swap that judgment and that thing for curiosity, and actually, yeah. like, all right. So like, hear me listening to you. I'm like, and I can put that mentality into me. You've like already what you've said, like connecting with different people like meeting adults like maybe i don't try to be this really nice guy like oh yeah hi how are you like respectful like yeah what's up like you know you mm. know what i mean like you can change that and it's yeah. just it's a great I, mentality I kind of treat like a video game man like you know when unlock new skill yeah inventory yeah yeah like you know as and, and even now like i take it to the next level where i'm like you know the more i feel like i level up the more tattoos i get Right. I look back and I'm like, oh shit, and I'm like, well, yeah, my skin's not filled up. I didn't have face tattoo then. Oh, I was probably around this age. Yeah. You know what I mean, and, and now it's like the more I, I get level up, I'm like, all right, in terms of financially, self belief, confidence, physically, I go, oh, I need a new tattoo now. I need, like, I feel like I've reached a milestone. But, you know, like that came from that insecurity again. You know, like if you strip back to that boy who couldn't even talk to people, who was so shy, I couldn't even look people in the eyes. I'm like, man, I had to go through so much. 
I, I remember going in front of the mirror trying to pronounce a particular word. I can't remember the word anymore. Just kind of like, <laughs> how, do you, how do you pronounce this word? It was so hard for me to, to pronounce it. And I just have to like speak in front of me. I'm like, and I have to sound like proper. Do you know what I mean? It took me a while to get that. Yeah. And, and, and baby steps, you know, and that's why I love the power of languages is amazing. I love learning new, new languages. Like now I'm trying to learn French. I'm like, fuck, I need to sound like, how does that pronounce it from the back of the throat? <laughs> yeah. Do you use much of your own like traditional language? No, so it's like, it's really weird now. Like when I came here, again, I couldn't speak, right? So the way my mind worked was I would translate from Indonesian to English. Yeah. But now, like, if I go back, I'm like, holy Other shit. Way. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I just realized because I've, I've been here longer than I've been over there. So I moved here when I was 10, right? Or year six. So now my vocabulary is like a year six. So I'm like <laughs> trying to argue with like my family. I'm like, holy shit, like I didn't know why to say this. And I'm trying to really read newspaper, Indonesian newspaper. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. I thought I was fluent until I start reading. I'm like, I don't understand 80% of the words that I'm like, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but yeah, man, like, you know, people who like this, that's why they say people who know how to speak multiple languages, their IQ is higher, right? Yeah. Because the way they think is differently as well. Cool. Um, and I like to see things from a different perspective. I love traveling as well because of that, you know? I'm really glad you touched it because that was where I was going to lead into. So um, you got the travel bug fairly early, um, I've heard. And then, so I want to know, like, where'd you go, how long for, and how that's shaped you into the person through the challenges and um, lessons that you learned along the way. Can I add to that? Yeah. Off the back, was it, did the travel bug start due to the business or did it start as in, no, I want to travel or... Was it, now I'm going to travel for business? Like, Bit of everything, man. I remember like my mom used to take, me, take us traveling, us kids traveling everywhere, right? So we had a bit of experience early. Um, but even like moving here from from Indonesia to Australia for me is like, that's a big travel. Yeah, like, of course. It's a massive flight. Whereabouts in Indo? Uh, Jakarta. Yeah. And just culture shock, you know what I mean? And and then you go to Japan, I'm like, holy shit, even bigger culture shock. <laughs> I'm like, shit runs differently here. It's like a fucking different planet. Um, but I just love traveling and, and I feel like for me, traveling is a good way to raise your standard. Do you know what I mean? People who don't travel, um, opens your perspective, opens your perspective, man. I see like people who's like so stuck in their bubble. They haven't traveled enough. They're like, you know, and, and for me, like the more I travel around the world, the more I start loving Perth even more. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. I'm like, yeah, I'll be like in New York or in, in Paris. I'm like, fuck man, it's beautiful. Like. But then I just want to go home, and, like, <laughs> go to Madam's Pool, or something like that. <laughs> you know, just like chill there for a bit, and for me, like nothing beats like here. Do you know what I mean? For some reason, like just the people, the the nature here, it's amazing. Um, but for me, it's like this is a good way to recharge. And then when I get yeah. bored of Perth, I'm like, you know what? Time to get out of here, charge up, like get some energy from a different country, because that it, they have different energies. Whenever you go, like I go to Japan, like, oh, I got, I'm inspired. What's like, it? Yeah, like, right. Touch on Japan. The big man's going Ooh, to Japan next yeah. year. Yeah, and Jan. Yeah. What's it like? I remember reading Lonely Planet book. This is when Lonely Planet book was the thing, the travel guide. Right? <laughs> I just remember this little sentence. I'm like, man, when you go to um, uh, New York, you know, you, you feel familiar with it because you've seen movies, like just a big city. You go to whatever you think of, you know, probably what, you, you've kind of familiarized yourself with it somehow. You go to Japan, you feel like a different planet. <laughs> like a legit, like... Yeah, and for me, I had the same experience. I walked in, I got to the, um, Japan. Just I remember just standing in the subway trying to figure out what's going on, right? Like, it's so organized. The floor, all right, the traffic this way. And what I love is everyone's so organized like ants, right? So, like, 
even on the escalator, people stand on the left so that people can go <laughs> overtake on <laughs> the right, right? Makes sense, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. I have like errors, I'm like, all right, stand on the left. And so people like rushing, they can go And then up. you say, compared to Karen up shopping center, when and someone everyone's like, like <laughs> yeah, and, like, you, and right. you ask, oh, can I get past? And they're like, yeah, hell yeah, weird. Like, right, it's just so backwards here, right? And I remember <laughs> seeing this That's building, this tiny little skinny building wedged between two big buildings. So I'm like, and I was asking my bro, what the fuck is that? Like, just wait here. See, one guy walked in. It's like a vending machine thing on the wall. Bah, bah, bah. And there's a big garage that open up. And it's actually a vending machine for your car. So he parks your car up. So you put your car in and machine put it in and then just would put, wow. slot your car in, into different levels. It's mind-blowing, man. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? People talk about the toilet stuff. The toilet, yeah, it's got the bidet, like the the spray and all that. <laughs> that was the least of my, you know. <laughs> if I see the car thing doing this and moving it, I'll do it. And I remember like- Feel like I'm in the future, right? Yeah. Bro, it's insane. Even when the subway is like, all right, we're, the train's one minute late. I'm like, and my friend's like, you know what that means? I'm like, what do you mean? When he says one minute late, someone just jump. It is crazy, right? Uh, and it took them one minute to clean up the mess. What? It, it happens every day. <laughs> really? Yeah, it happens every day. You see some fucked up shit. Like when you, when you live there, my friend's like, lives there, man. Somebody see some fucked up shit. Like the other day, I was sitting in a, in a subway and this lady next to me, just swaying, holding onto the um the hand, uh the handrail thing, and then just blood starting to drip. And I look up, she's been cutting her whole hand, just oh. bleeding. And we're like, well, what the fuck? There's some fucked up shit in Japan too, bro. Don't, don't yeah, you, yeah. Hope you don't see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah hopefully not. Stuff. Can you? Oh my, I love Japanese food. It's my favorite it's cuisine. The best. Can you touch on that over there? Is it the un- only unreal? country I've been anywhere in the world, right? Where I've never had bad experience with food. Yeah, I can go to awesome. any like restaurant. It could look shitty, and you have the best meal there. Cool. Unlike Italy, I went to Italy thinking, man, Italian food. I love Italian food, <laughs> right? Everywhere, sure, it's gonna be great. I had the worst Italian food in Italy. <laughs> I had this pasta. I'm like, why does this taste like soap? Like, <laughs> like it's soapy. I'm like, my brother, yeah, bro, I can taste detergent or some shit. Oh. I'm like, what? I went to different. Um, went to Vatican City, charging twenty euro for a sandwich, a shitty sandwich. I'm like, bro. Then we, when we found like a good restaurant in Italy, we have to stick to this restaurant for the rest of our trip because I'm not fucking <laughs> going anywhere. Go anywhere else. But Japan, you can go to 7-Eleven for the best <laughs> meal, right? You can go bro, anywhere you go in Japan. It's like in terms of food, they do the pasta really well. They do the pizza really well. Um, everything. They cook the steak like great. Like, it's just the best, man. You're going to have the best time. Yeah, I can't wait. So, oh, so you go. Um, what about other places around the world that you'd recommend people to go? I love going to New York as well. Yeah. I just, I grew up like in a hip hop, yeah, you know, hip hop, hip hop kind of like, I used to go there every August for Rocksteady Crew Anniversary. It's like this big um, b-boy crew from the 80s. And they, they would throw a jam, you know, like, and this jam would last a whole week. And people from around the world would fly down and meet people from from Europe and stuff like that. Wow. And we just battle and it was a different experience, man. And like, New York is crazy. I love New York. I hate LA. Don't go to LA <laughs> unless you're trying to make LA. it big there. Yeah. But it's just trash. LA just trash. You, you go through Hollywood, um, and I'm like, man, just dirty, and it just you don't want to be there. But like New York, you feel safe. You don't feel like you can walk around 2 a.m. in the morning. You feel you feel good. LA, I, I swear to God, I heard gunshots like the first day I got in. I'm like, poof. Um, oh, that's crazy, oh, man. Yeah, someone just got shot, bro. I'm like, whoa. So um, yeah, I just want to touch on yeah, because you've traveled a lot. You're talking about different cultures, different like obviously all different foods and. Everything like that, you would have seen, obviously, the fashion side of it. There's all these experiences, right? You're like, nah, like, I'm going to Italy. That should be so good at pasta, pizza, because you just 
that's where it's you know made. But did you bring all of that experience back to the business and be like, all right, you got you got the coffee shop. It's yep. like, okay, well, we need to make sure it's not just a generic. Yeah, we make coffee. It's all right. We like this. It's farmed here, and we you know get the best beans. Or you know, like I'm bringing this fashion here because this is what I like. I don't really like that here from there, so I don't want to incorporate that. Have you used all the travel experiences? And knowledge and brought that back into the business and that's exactly what happened like the more i traveled the more i realized i'm like man we're not that far off from the standard do you know what i mean there's particular things that they look to australians like man like you guys live in crazy lifestyle and i didn't even you know like really you like what we're doing like they're just chilling <laughs> by the beach and yeah <laughs> hey, man like i'll get literally i'll be like i'll be doing emails at the beach doing my tan and you know it's normal for us to do right so, yeah but, you know that's what we do right like, well, doing work while we're at the beach I'm like, yeah, man, fucking people. I get people from Italy, New York, bro, that looks crazy. I'm like, they're just wowed by it, you know? Was, I'm we're, like, so used to it. Yeah. we're so used to it. But, you know, um, to your point, it's exactly what happened, man. Like, we went to Japan. I'm like, all right, cool. Now I know what the standard is. Like I said, traveling is the best way to raise your standard, right? In terms of your food, your taste, what you want to do in life. The more you travel, the more you figure out your, yourself. Um, and, you know, when I went to Japan, I'm like, okay, I need to have store like this. That's when we opened up first. So I spent so much, all my money into the fit out, right? Because I wanted it to look like that. So, uh, on that, is it what's your fit? Like, what what is the brand? So, if we're going like, so like, just going back to like the the fit out, I mean like the interior design of the first store, right? So I, I would, I think I spent close to like three hundred grand, or maybe four hundred. I can't remember, but most of my savings into that. Yeah. But looking back, man, I should have put more like of that into stock. You know, yeah, <laughs> that okay. makes me money, right? But at the time, I just want the store to look like a store from Japan or, you know, so much that, like, I would import wood from America. I had, like, American oak wood. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, like, bricks from Sydney because I wanted to look like the New Balance concept store that I saw over, um, in New York. Shit like that, you know what I mean? And, like, I really strive for excellence. Like, that wow factor when you step into the store, I'm like, shit, that looks fucking dope. Uh, so um, all these lessons are really just translated into your creative insight and, yeah. self, and form of self-expression, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And then I go to Paris, right? This is where I go, holy shit, like this is the best, like, you know, people go, oh, you gotta go to Broken Arm, the best store in, in Paris. What, the best store in Paris? I gotta mm. check this shit out. Mm. Walked in there, underwhelming. Right. You know I mean, it's kind of like... Well, yeah, when you hear that and someone raises the bar, your expectations yeah. like, sweet, is let's that go. Why? Is that why you think it was underwhelming? Because your expectation? Your exactly. Because yeah. I've seen like, in my head, it's going to be like the store in Japan that I've been to, right? And Japan's a different world, bro. Like you, the store's insane. The, the way they like pay attention to details are crazy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like the way they execute shit is like insane. Even the shit I'm wearing now, it's like paper and cotton combined. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, huh, I didn't really think you can combine paper and no, How do you wash paper? <laughs> yeah. um, so shit like that, right? You, you know, um, it's just crazy. And like, and then the French, they have a different uh, value too. So what they think about, like now get why Broken Arm is number one in Paris. It's not about how beautiful, aesthetic the store is. It's about how they can really raise a platform for up-and-coming designers. Yeah. So during Fashion Week, they'll... They're, the owners are so good at picking what brand's going to be the next hit, right? To a point where everyone around the world would pay attention to what Broken Arms were. That's why they're number one. Right? Wow. Same with thing with Colette. So it's not about how beautiful the story is. This is what I figure out. Right, different values. The Japanese like the aesthetic, the quality, the service. But 
the French is more about the vision. Yeah, okay. So it's kind of like, all right, so that's why the French, um, there's a kind of like unspoken romance, romance between the French fashion and Japanese fashion. There's a lot of Japanese designers married French, like, you know, Reika Okuba from Comme des Garçons married Adrian Joff from France, right? So, yep. And, you know, like, you know, a lot of Japanese love the pastries uh, of the, the French pastries. So they brought a lot of the French pastries, patisseries into boulangerie in, in Japan. Do you know what I mean? So, like, again, I go to New York. I go to the uh, U.S. I'm like, all right, you know, U.S. more about that rock and roll vibe. So, again, like, you know, different values, different, you know, things. Like, you have to really travel and figure out why they're the best what they do. And it just, so for me, it's like I'm taking bits and pieces from, oh, I want to take the aesthetic and the um, the customer service of the Japanese stores and fashion brand with the vision of the French brand, of the French, you know, culture and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's interesting. I like just, I, I want to touch on Fashion Week too because I reckon, that I've, I reckon that'd be really insane to, to talk about. But I just love how from different perspectives, you've also put your own, I guess, twist on it. Like, mm. And you've still had, you still like, oh, I'm going to try and do this, 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 and this. You've actually still want, all right, incorporate that into mine. So like when, what did you learn from the first store to then, you know, now? Man, I felt like, the, so this is our 10th anniversary, right? So we had, we were in the first store for six, seven years. Yeah. And we made a lot of fucking mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I wish I was paying more attention in the finances, the, the cash flow side of things, the business side of things. I was more of a creative person. So I'm like, I didn't want to really look. I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to, that disgusts me. I don't want to talk about seeing numbers, you know, like. It seems too linear for a creative mind. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just for me, it's like, oh man, but I, you know what? In, in hindsight, I should have looked into the books. I should have looked at my finances, you know, like, and breaking down the brands because I was making, like, at the, during the mining boom, we're making a lot of money. Like, people just come in spending money. But I didn't realize how much I was bleeding because I was buying too much stock. Yeah, okay. But I didn't see how much I was liquidating the stock, right? Now, looking back, I'm like, fuck, I should have really budgeted the way I was buying more. You know, I'm still learning now. I'm still kind of like budgeting, like, you know, playing around with it because of COVID really like affected, you know, the way sell through is, the way cash flow is. But looking back, I feel like, fuck, the last seven years, it was kind of like gone through university, the school of hard knocks, you know, but in no field, because no one um, can teach you how to run a business. You know, yeah. I look at, there's a lot of my mentors shut their business, you know what I mean? And these guys like been in the industry for 20 years and I, I out survived them. Yeah, somehow, wow. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. kind of like what I'm doing, I must've been right somehow. But, you know, looking back, I'm like, fuck, I should really, really dissect my business financially. People don't really think of it as a business. It's like they just go, oh, yeah, like, same with a lot of people, like, yeah, I'm opening a cafe because I'm passionate about food. Da, da, da. Yeah, but, like, how are you going to scale your business? Like, what have you got in place? What strategies do you have to scale your business? So right now we're in the middle of, like, scaling globally now with wholesale business. You know, even my cafe, I'm like, all right, cool. How do I scale this into, like, selling 200 kilograms of coffee a week. Do you know what I mean? Like mm, from yeah. where we are now. And then making that, like you, I don't know if you if you want to, but like how do you scale that to then, right, I want a cafe in Adelaide. I want a cafe in Melbourne. I want, I want it everywhere. And then I want stores across whole yep. Australia. Like, Yep. So I have, I have roadmaps right now, you know, yeah. like we've got a cafe and I want to open a restaurant eventually. I want to open a hotel eventually. I want to open, like these are kind of roadmaps that I want to get. Do you know what I mean? Right now, to make that big, I need to make my brand hit this certain amount of money. Like, I need to get this brand across to Europe. I get to get this brand hitting the Saudi market. All these shit that we have road, um, roadmapped out. 
Um, yeah, for us right now, the focus is scaling. Just for me, it's like I have to be better at business. People don't understand, like, um, especially in the creative side of thing. Like, in the, there's a reason why Bernard, I know the the director of uh, the CEO of LBMH, is always dressed up in. He's a businessman. He came from business, not fashion. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's how yeah. Louis Vuitton became number one because he came from business perspective, not a creative perspective. So now I have to kind of balance the two. So I go to like right now after this podcast, I'm going to the office to do more creative shit, which yeah. I like doing. But like halfway through, I'm going to do my emails, do my budgeting. Yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? There's so things that you have balance. to do, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, I guess even where the brand is today, um, there's still those components of uncertainty and, and chaos. And I guess there always is with, with those creative endeavors. But um I guess those things that you touched on then is like those linear and organized fashions, which a bit more order. Yeah. How have you like been able to grasp those in order to help you maneuver through those times of like, yeah, COVID and those, and those hard challenging times? Bro, you just got to have to, man, like, like maneuver is the, the right word really. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't know how to adapt to COVID. Um, look at the city, 50% of it yeah. is vacant because they don't know how to adapt. It's like they're fucked. They're like fuck. They're blaming blaming on COVID, bro. Like there's always gonna be the the highs and the you know the lows of the market, mm-hmm. right? And when COVID hit, it really went deep, deep low below mm-hmm. expectation. Um, so COVID actually hap- oh, was the best thing for us, right? Because like I was already kind of chasing my tail before COVID, right? I'm like, oh shit, I need to get hit them, and you're chasing the big guys with bigger money and so on. And when COVID happened, it reset everyone yeah, to the same playing yeah. field. So I'm like, ah, gave me a bit more break. And then when everyone just kind of complaining about COVID, I was working. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to fucking get ahead. So next time when these guys are going to come back, I was not, I won't be as far back. You know, obviously the bigger guys with bigger money will elevate a lot quicker, will bounce back a lot quicker. So for us, we're proud of being independent company. Um, you know, we don't have any um, outside investors, what so on, and like all the other guys do. And on this, like having nights all me, like I started off and still 100% my stake with the with the store. Do you know what I mean? And like, so now we're gonna open up the, the channel of like, all right, to make the store even bigger, we, we need to focus the brand. Mm-hmm. And now we've got a team, we've got shareholders now for the brand. So the, the brand itself, now we've got a, a bigger group to run the brand together, you know what I mean? And what I learned, you can't run the ship by yourself, really. Yeah, you need that mastermind group. Yes, exactly, the mastermind. That's what you need, man. You need the best of the best and like, you know, even, Finding, you know, you need a good account. You need a good um, marketing guy. You need, everything you have to find is, you know. So right now we're with that. Like we're interested. That's why when people come, hey, I'm looking for a job. All right, what, what have you done? Like what? what's your background? What's your um, credential? I'm looking for that person who excels in their field. Yeah. Is that the same with just hiring just like people in the cafe or people in the store? Is it the same? Like it's like because you – you know, I could put my resume in and like with the cafe and the store is different. I I read people's energy. Yeah, you know I mean, like I can't train people who's like always sad and depressed. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't want, they're not willing to learn. So you, right. everyone sort of knows Mike. Get up, right? <laughs> right we're, gonna, we're gonna touch on this real quick. Tom, Tom gave me stuff. So, mate, I wear same thing. I'm very basic. You know, I wear runners, shorts, jumper. I pretty like I'm always got a plain shirt, right? <laughs> if I walked into your store and I was like. This guy basically shit. And I was like, I would love to work here. Would you straight away be like, I don't know if you could fit the the quality of what our brand is, like our brands, this, this, we like, you know, it's it's just like, mate, I I personally 
I love it and I would love to be able to pull it off, but like my confidence, I'm like, I don't know if I'd be able to, like, you know, but then if I walked in, would you be like, nah, like just because of my, you know, my basic fit? Not really. We don't really judge you know, your fit, but if you come in, hey man, like, look, I'm willing to learn. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, yeah. Hey, I love your brand. I've done a lot of research. I'm really passionate about your brand, but I want to learn more about this. And they go, oh. Okay, who dressed You say the basic. potential. Yeah. yeah, but then like, yeah. I can work around his fashion sense. Like, you know, there's so many times where we had staff members came in and then, you know, they elevate. Now the fashion sense is like to the next level. Yeah, cool. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And like, yeah, maybe the brand artists walk into the shops and that might inspire Braden a bit. <laughs> but you might, to, be, to be fair, like you, you might not even need to change your style. We just need to change the, the quality of your style. Yeah. Right? Like, you know what? The fleece, I'm like, oh yeah, you probably need a... Better quality fleece, you know, those shorts, I got a better quality shorts than that. Those shoes, like, you know what I mean? Like these sort of stuff. So the way I think is like the way we, we teach our, our crew, our staff, right? Our brand is like three mission star fine dining. Do you know what I mean? Like the chef would come out and be like, all right, this is the steak comes from Wagyu and right. this farm is, uh, you know, Miyazaki beef from this farm was grown 14 years. And to me, that just looks like a plain steak, yeah. right? <laughs> Until you take a bite and you go, holy fuck. Yeah. But not only that, knowing the fact that it came from Japan, it came from this farm, it grew the same cattle for 14 years, you know, this is this. So it's not longer about the product anymore. So for us, it's like fine dining experience the is about yeah. the emotion attachment to the product, right? Yeah. And knowing the quality that you get. So now we get, man, I've had friends who are like, bro, I never spent more than 20 bucks on t-shirt, you know? And they end up walking out with $160 t-shirt of ours because I, I know what the fuck. And you sell it. This I'm, is, I'm your friend. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like, bro, like this is 230 grams Japanese cotton, right? We weave it like this. The way we stitch it like this, we add an extra pleat in the back so it flows really better. And try them on. And then it would try them on. It's like, how does it make you feel? I'm like, fuck, it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, straight yeah. away. Now you've got personal, like emotional attachment to the product. Like when I tried this shirt on yesterday, I'm like, God damn, no one's got paper and cotton in it. <laughs> it's kind of cool and it makes me look good, you know, like the sleeves a little bit short. And then now you emotionally attach to it. So like we have these like fine dining ethos in, in our business, right? We don't, we don't want to be a fast food chain. We want to be fine dining restaurant, three mission star restaurant. Yeah. In terms of volume, we're targeting the top of the pyramid, which probably only make 2%, 3% of the market. If you want to make money, you tackle the bottom of the pyramid. That's yeah. like where most of the, you know, that's the fast fashion fashion chain or the fast food chain is, all right? So it depends what you want to create. Sure. We want to create something cool and have a legacy where we are proud of the product, but it might not necessarily resonate to everybody, right? Some people are like, man, I don't want to spend that much on clothing. Cool. You have different values to, to fashion. Then, man, you, this is not for you. There's other places to shop. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't go to Lamborghini shop. I'm like, hey, I'm looking for something that's sturdy and, yeah. you know what I mean, lasts me forever. Well, Lamborghini's going to break, you know that. <laughs> but, you know, it comes with a, the value of Lamborghini. Um, so it just depends what, what you're looking for. But, like, we always have that sort of fine. I love food. So my analogy comes from, like, fine dining. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, chef's yeah. table is my shit. You know, like, yeah. watch that. Yes. Food, like, Great. How, Great. The, how the chef always, like, worked tireless to get, the cuisine out and like, how do they think to create this? That's crazy, right? <laughs> it's like, for me, it's like creating fashions like that. Like I look at designers and I'm like, how did Rick Owens do this silhouette so nicely? Like, you know, he changed the whole fashion game because single-handedly this is. Or how did like, you know, um, Jerry Rolanzo did all the whole baggy look now. I'm like, it's killing it. So I look at these like designers, like the head chef or the, you know, fine dining chef. Yeah. I like how you, my, my old man's a chef. So by trade. Yeah. So he's like, 
when you tie that in, it's so it's interesting. It's like right. it's like, you know, this nah, I don't really like this, but I like that part of the sauce or that bit, but um, that doesn't really go with the fish. So if we take tweak this a little bit, it'd be yeah. the same. It's the same in fashion. How you know? Like, yeah, yeah. trying to sell like say for example, I can't sell fine dining experience to my mom. I took her to find out experience. She hated it. I'm like, why is it so small? I'm still hungry. You know? Yeah. You know, she wants like big comfort food. So I'm like, yeah, oh, that's well, me. That's not that's not for mom. Do you know what I mean? Same thing. Like you can't tell people like, man, like who loves McDonald's? Hey man, this gourmet steak has truffle in it. I'm like, like, What's oh, truffle? truffle? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it might not resonate to them. Or it's like Wagyu steak. Oh, they're probably like, oh, Wagyu's so overpriced. You know, I can't afford that. It's whatever. So different values, right? Yeah. So yeah. we're trying to our, our demographic is the people who want to again own the best shit feels really good wearing it um, you know it doesn't have to have big brands all over it they just kind of like you know what mm. I'll raise my standard a little bit yeah right. so with that I really like you've described it pretty clear as day already but like I just want to incorporate it in terms of your vision it's like your vision saying that like this is a luxury brand um, have, is that vision that is something that changes or is like something that's adaptable to you the main things like i would say with cabin rider brand is we want to come up with luxurious and conceptual products yeah. right so like when it comes to our cafe or oh, the beans have to be conceptual do you know what i mean like oh we have to kind of like it took us eight months to go back and forth i have to drink so much coffee <laughs> to get go oh man i'm like i'm buzzing right now <laughs> i can't drink anymore and even now we're still curating that same with our product too like we go to design team how do we make really good product like how do we make it conceptual like what sort of silhouette you want to bring to the market you want to play it safe or do you want to disrupt the market let's make our sleeve even bigger like you know let's play shit right. like that um so so like anything uh, the way i look at it is like you know when when you watch batman and you see wayne corb wayne <laughs> medicine well, Ma- wayne buys a wayne 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 wayne, wayne everywhere around mm-hmm. it. it's like we want cabin noir everywhere but when you see our logo it has to spring like oh luxury conceptual yeah mindset right it could be like hotel whatever bike so that psychology behind the marketing yeah. yeah so the branding itself is like when you see our logo oh this guaranteed good product good service and like i, I remember i also used to be on the front window we used to have a tagline that says luxury goods friendly service that was kind of like so that was that brand the brand is not the product but it's actually the luxury goods the concept of it Tell me, it's the brand. So where did the name come from then? How did you come up with Cabin it? Cabin Noir means black room in French. Black room. Can you, if you were to like, give us like your best, like, this is how you say it in like a luxury way. I just want you to say the name in like a... To be honest, like when we came up with, when I came up with the name Cabin Noir. Because <laughs> like, I could go Cabin Noir. Cabin Noir. Yeah, bro. But how do you like... French would say Cabin Noir. With a, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's that's what Brandon was after. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's like, like when you have your wine, like your fine wines, yeah. like yeah. But that's cabinet, it, right? So like yeah, cabinet. So it's like cabinet. It's cabinet black. Uh, noir means black. Yeah, cabinet noir. It's like a black cabinet or black room. Um, so why why that? Well, I, when I was writing down a lot of names at the time, I was obsessed with Illuminati. I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> I would have named it kind of like Illuminati, you know. Yeah. So I wrote the Society, or oh, the Cabinet, you know, the and then all take it, they all yeah. taken. And my background is films. I have a degree in filmmaking, yeah. right? So the, my favorite genre is French noir, film noir, and noir means black. And noir, the film noir, French noir, the style of it is like when they would use uh, shadows to to create tension. So like in a detective movie, they would use Venetian blinds to create that sort of line. Right, like that, yeah. Oh, like dramatic effect, right? Mystery. And the smoking, yeah. And then they would 
use the lighting for like, you know, in the Caligula movies and stuff like that to draw that tension. And I, I just love the word noir. So I was like, society noir, what does it mean? I'm like, oh, it's taken. Cabinet noir, I'm like, oh shit, it's not taken. Bang. The domain's there. And I Googled it and it means uh, black room. It's like the, it, it, back in the days when the French, during the French, uh, the King Louis XIV, where they used to open suspicious letters before it gets passed on to the recipient. So it's like this hidden operation. Uh, and I love the idea. It's like, man, that sounds Illuminati as yeah. fuck. You know? It's that light bulb moment, that switch, yeah. on, that switch on moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and there's only like one book called like Le Cabinet Noir at the time that's taking the name, right? I'm like, fuck, this, no one's taking this name? Fuck yeah, we'll take it. And I like the idea of being like hidden operation when no one knows, but we're so important in the whole grand scheme of thing. And then when we found a spot in the middle of laneway with the name Cabinoa, everything just like yeah. lining. Yeah. yeah, that's so, yeah, that's, that's sick. Well, even when like, when I see it, I've seen it around Perth and this, was, now like since I'm talking to you, I've seen people wearing it. And it's just cause like my RAS, my reticular activating system, that's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Um, that's what it's, I'm, I just see it everywhere now. And it's like, and when I think about it, um, yeah, like in the Helvetica font. Yeah. It is Helvetica, it is, right? Yeah. yeah. We changed the logo because um, we wanted to be more modern. Yeah. And our designer, Alex, was like, no, we need to change it more. Like, and the time I'm obsessed with, like, the Balenciaga. Yeah. You know, like, yes, just simplistic, yeah. timeless. I'm like, I need something like this, Balenciaga. Because the, yeah. the old logo was too, too kind of old school, vintage style. And then we changed it to that Helvetica. Helvetica is just like, I've, I, mean, I think there's a, um, there's a movie called Helvetica and like yeah. it talks about the different fonts and how like the different psychology behind how you can you can you type out the same word with different fonts but yeah. like people gather different meaning from yeah. it and like the meaning that I get from seeing cabinet in Helvetica is just I can tell that it's luxury you know yeah, yeah. like and cool. that's all we want man like the best feeling is when we get kids coming up like chopping at the store man finally I can wear cabinet for my 21st birthday you know it's kind of like they feel they have this kind of idea of luxury one day i'll be able to afford that yeah do you know what I mean? and when they wear it they wear it with proud like man like i get you know guys now like wearing from starting they're now wearing our shit rather than wearing louis vuitton and gucci and all that you know they take it with pride right and you know we see it too like overseas when we go to paris people know who we are we had jay-z bought our shit recently i was just about to say that yeah. do you know what i mean and we that's just, we had, unreal like, i was in paris and i got stopped by this guy yeah hold up bro <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, Jay Z wearing your stuff. Yeah, Jay Z bought our tracksuit. It's crazy. It's for my king. Does it, the new so, Jersey. does it come in order? Like, no. So like the store. <laughs> like, you know, if I put an order inside, so Brad names has ordered this. Does it come up like? No, no. So Jay Z would like because they're quite low key, right? Yeah. So the store would tell my agent in London, and then my agency would be like, "Hey guys, Jay Z just bought your shit from the New Jersey because we have stockers all around the world." Yeah. I'm from the New Jersey store. I'm like, what? No way. Yeah. And we had um, uh, was it Nicki Minaj like in in men's closet in Miami doing video clip, and then our brand was literally like there, you know, like on the mannequin and oh, shit. Sick. So it was kind of. And then we had like you know recently when I went to Paris, had this guy I was like, yo, that jacket is dope. What is that brand? I'm like, that's my brand, bro. I'm like, bro, I want to wear it for my 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 homie. Like I style for Zion Williamson. I'm like, oh, hang on, like, Zion. Like no way! So like, yeah, we'll look after you. shit like that. Now we get you know NBA players wanting to wear our stuff and stuff like that. Is that like? I, I guess it. I don't want to say this is like. Yeah, that's what we want. We want all these like famous people wearing our stuff. But this is kind of do. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it feels like, good. Yeah, you, you, you get. Yeah, yeah. You say Zion walking in. You know, it's cameras everywhere walking into the game because they all wear like you know these brands, man. So is that what you want? That's 
is where you want to take it. It's not like, you know, I'm rocking in. It's, it's a natural progression of the brand. Yeah. So the better we get, the more people will wear it. Yes. Yep. It, it, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, like, you know, when we had Islam and his crew came in during the UFC, like they bought Stone Island and Cabernet Noir. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And then actually in, in um, Khabib's video, someone tagged me. They were like praying to, in the mosque. And then the head coach was been wearing the Cabernet Noir t-shirt oh. all this time. Like, so it's a big Cabernet Noir logo while it was like panning. What's but, it like when you see that stuff? I mean, I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> and then I click on this profile. I can see he's only been wearing Cabernet Noir t-shirt. You know what I mean? Like he's been wearing it every single post, the same t-shirt. Same, you can tell right now, man, your face. Like, right, it's, it's insane. So that's yeah. just the the beginning of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, now I yeah. need to focus on, on the brand. Um, and I think we've got big future of, of Cabernet Noir. And the, the, the problem is I feel like it's harder for me to find my demographic here in, in, in Perth because people think we're an uh, international brand. They don't think we're a local brand. And I don't know why, I, you know, they think, oh, man, they, I mean, we've got the Street X's, the Ollie, you know, they've got crazy f local following, mm -hmm. but we want that too, right? Yeah. But I think a lot of kids think we're an international brand for some reason. They don't think we're local. So I just need to kind of like communicate that better with our local, because we want to, we want everyone else. I mean, we get a lot of people wearing our stuff here, but we want it to be like, all right, take that proud, you know? Like if you go to Europe, and everyone knows us. Like in Paris, you got Fashion Week, then or Cabin, and all that. Like, oh shit, you guys are like, you know, top ten store in the world kind of thing. You know, in terms of fashion. Yeah. I, mean, I know you talked about that quality of the product, and that's why this, like, the quality of your products and the products being more expensive. Yeah. I mean, myself, like, I mean, a uni student living at home, like, like, yeah, sure, I don't have the money to buy like goods like these. Yeah. But maybe if I save up, you know, like yeah. I treat myself. But um, I guess that's would be a inhibiting factor from a, a lot of people like buying 100%. the brand right? i get it man like you know we we talk about it to you internally i'm like man do we bring the, like like do we bring the cost down but if you bring the cost that takes down, you away from being a luxury brand correct yeah so being like cost down is again going back to that food it's analogy it's like man, your market it's not your market's no. not for the you know everyday uni kid yeah you know it, it like if they want to wear it 100 but that's not what you're going to so why adapt to exactly like, we're gonna cut back the quality are we going to stop serving Wagyu and start serving like corn-fed beef? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is this us? You know what I mean? Like, I know we're going to make more money. Like, people can wear it more. But is it us? Like, no, we can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not. Like, I, we, man, this is the battle, bro. Like, you know, because cause I get it. You know, $160 t-shirt. To me, it's not a, a lot anymore because I've seen like $600, $700,000 t-shirt. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But like, you know, for people who are starting to get into fashion and want to get their foot in the door, it's like, man, 160 is a lot. I remember growing up when I was 21. I wouldn't spend more than 50 bucks on a t-shirt. Yeah. When I see $7 t-shirt, man, that's a ripoff. You know, I used to think like, man, like the car only costs three bucks from Mexico. The, the print's only five bucks. So this is only worth like 10 bucks. That's just, you know, yeah, my, my way of, so uh, of thinking. So on, on that, so the, the shirt you're wearing now, when we will post the photo so people see it. So you just talked about, you know, cotton's this much and that's this, you know, it costs five bucks to make the shirt and you're charging 250 bucks. Like, mm. what the hell? How much... You don't have to say this. But the thing is, like, I can break it down to you, right? So well, break this shirt down, how much it would cost. Break down the ingredients. Yeah. yeah, so this is $380, yep. right? Um, but now, this, as I know about manufacturing, it's just more than, you know, so if I break it down, it's like my T-shirt, I, I can be honest about it, right? $160, right? So... Um, that shirt's 160 No, this is 380 yeah. But, like, our, uh, the cabinet T-shirt is 180 yep. right? Um, to get it manufactured costs about $25 because they're or $230 just the cotton without the print 
with the print, probably about $40. And then by the time you have your designers, like, you know, obviously there's going to be some graphic component to it. Mm -hmm. Designers charge about 300 to 500 per design. You divide it between, say, 100 t-shirt. So that's $3 on top of that cost, right? Yeah. And you, you got to remember, like, any, any dollar you have to triple that, double or triple that to make your money back, yeah, yeah. right? And then by the time it comes to land to Australia, you have to pay 15% of uh, customs. Um, and then the freight will also cost probably like an extra 2 3%, right? And then by the time it lands, probably like an $80 T-shirt, right? And then you have to make your margin, which is your profit, so you can pay your staff, your rent, and stuff like that. That's why it's $160. Yeah. Generally, the cost is 80 bucks. And then you sell for 160, right? So we're making eight dollars per t-shirt, and then eight dollars will pay our staff, our rent. And this is what people don't understand. So you like rip off? Like, so, oh, so I didn't even make really? profit. I made like ten bucks profit on that because after you, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And people just walking down the street would be like, you'll hear the brand. Oh, that's a hundred dollar t-shirt. I could make that for twenty bucks. But yeah. it's like, that's just you just explained yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. Like man, like same thing. You know, going back to food again. Oh man, just. What's well, so expensive? It's like the toast is six bucks, you know, it's just bread and, and butter. Well, why don't you fucking make it at home? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to pay your staff. You don't have to pay rent. You know, you have to pay using the venue. You don't have to pay the napkins and the fork that you're using. You know what I mean? Make it at home. Then you save six bucks. Yeah. And if you want to, like, have it at the local cafe, that's what you got to pay. Yeah, love you're that. You're supporting the Fair business. Enough. No, that's good. Um, just how you broke that down then is um, Man, we have to be and so many, Yeah, so many people wouldn't understand that. I must say for myself, I'm still in my recycled surfwear era. <laughs> so just like taking taking <laughs> it back to it back. taking it back bring to it the back. '90s with my uh, cargo shorts, Quicksilver. Quicksilver was oh, my man, favorite surfwear brand. I grew up with the surf brand from yeah. the inside and all that. I used to love like uh, Spider Bait. Oh man, all the surf and skate. You're a DC man. I was an airwalk person. Eh? Airwalk. I, I love the airwalk. And it was like, man, I wore it to death to like holes. And I was like, fuck, I'll never get it. <laughs> it was the best shoe ever. I was wearing airwalk forever. I wish they could bring it back. Yeah. Uh, now that's um, yeah. I just find that real um like interesting, but I also love your mindset around like, you know, we're not here just for the. I'm not, I'm not saying the average person, but you know, your everyday person that's just wearing it on the street, which you've got the tees yeah. to do that, but like you just like your shirt right now, is like it's, man, like it's wicked, right? But like it's wicked. Instead of my brand, but I just like I appreciate it. So I went mm. to the store. So you wear it. I was like, man, this like you know, I was talking to him, like, man, I love the product, you know. And I'm like, I want to bring it to my team, my design team. Hey, can we do something like this? Do you know what I mean? Do it our way. Yeah, you just you just taking that out of my mouth where I was going yeah. with it. But yeah. With the style side of things, like, how do you? Is it just that you just your creative mind? Because like you right now, like you've got tats. You've got like you touched on your tats earlier. Uh, on your wrist, you've got like. Vibranium. Vibranium. But then like even like your earrings, man, like you've got like um zipper earrings. Like man, I I've always struggled with the like, you know, judgment from others, what others think of me, right? How did you go about that? Because it's like, you know, you've got all these tats, you've got these earrings, like you don't care. Bro, I man, obviously like again, going back to my um high school days, I used to get like people calling me Bag, all this shit, right? Because I got, you know, like I was, I got earrings and stuff like that. This has gone back in the, you know, now it's like they don't say that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, the other day I, was, I got someone like this crackhead called me back. I'm like, oh, I guess that still exists. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know, man. I stopped caring a long time ago. This is what I find, right? Um, the art of peacocking, right? When people like, 
and so many people remember me because of the way I dress. Do you know, oh, you're that guy. Like, you know, you know, that look like, in my head, I'm like, man, you probably don't recognize me if I don't have tattoos. I probably look like any other Asian student, right? <laughs> but the fact that I have like weird tattoos and like I dress kind of out there um, makes people remember me, especially when I go out. The more I go out, the more I dress more bizarre, mm-hmm. right? And f- two things, because then people remember. Second thing, because like girls will come up to me like, man, this guy is like super confident and he can rock that, you know, paperclip earring or whatever, right? And then they'll find me interesting and they'll approach me and then this conversation starter. Um, but also become, I've done it so much to a point where I would wear the most unique thing because I like it. I would wear handcuffs and shit like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people ask me, what brand is that, man? It's from sex shop, adultshop.com. <laughs> <laughs> and it can get the fluffy ones too. It's one on Avenue Highway, Big Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but I don't know, man, I just stopped caring so much, you know what I mean? Like, I guess, um, like for me, just a way to just communicating non-verbally. Um, if I would just, like, I mean, I dress, I tone down too. I wear like, you know, my, my gym gear and just like, just, I feel comfortable. I feel yeah. really comfortable doing that as well. Yeah. Um, it's even more comfortable sometimes just wearing my, my gym shirt and shorts and like sneakers, you know, I'll go around in. So that came around from the internal first and then that's conveyed in the external. Yeah. Like, yeah. 100% man. Like if I want to go out, and you know, make myself known. I have to kind of like dress up a little bit more. Like peacocking is an art for male, not for female. And people don't even realize that, right? Like the peacocks, like the male is the one with the big feathers, not the females. So why are we doing the opposite? Gentlemen with the females are the peacocks and we're like chasing the peacocks. So it's kind of like, all right, we need to be bring back the peacock, you know, mindset again. Um, and again, it's just like when people come like see me, like they, they notice, oh, that's Eddie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just a, 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 a way non-verbal way to demonstrate higher value i feel so it's sort of like when you walk in the room people know like exactly yeah exactly and they remember whether they're going to talk to me eventually or not and that's how i close a lot of deals in business as well because they find me interesting right like you know if someone goes oh yeah i'm a magician i'm like oh you're interesting right you know, like same thing with like oh the way you dress oh you're in fashion oh of course you're in fashion you dress like fashion you know if i don't dress like fashion i'm like bruh you know, if I'm like a PT or a, you know, personal trainer or whatever, right? Like I'll dress more like personal trainer. Yeah, of course. Because I'm in fashion, I'm like, I'm like, of course I have to like dress to impress, but also to also be a role model in the industry. Do you know what I mean? If, I, if I'm a fashion guy, then I have to be a fashion guy. Yeah. 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 No, it's like, because you get, you know, you get told a lot of, you know, you got to, I guess, how do I break this down? Like you just said, you got to, if you're going to a business meeting or you're networking, Right, you've got to be wearing your stuff, but it's not about like what you say to them. Like you could say whatever, but how you make them feel and what they see, because a lot of I'm thinking a lot of negotiations, a lot of you know winning clients and stuff is also in your persona and how you look. Yep. Like you could say whatever you want, and then it, they could look at it, but they're like, oh, all right, I see this. He made me feel like this. He made me feel comfortable. He made me feel confident. He's confident. Like, is that what you try and go for, rather than just be like? Like you obviously got to sell stuff too, but mm. sometimes I like to break the rule too, man. Like I'll go to um, if I'm in a if I'm, when I'm going to Paris Fashion Week, I don't say I'm in fashion. I own a brand. Straight away, I go, oh, what do you do? I'm a dancer. Right? Right. Straight away, they pigeonhole me into a different category yeah. instead of like if I say I'm in fashion, of course you're in fashion. Fashion Week right now, you know. But if I say, oh, I'm, you're a dancer. What's that dance? A break dance? Holy shit, that's interesting. Yeah. So you're going to come around with me. And then later on, they'll find out, oh, what? You have a store as well? <laughs> Holy shit, what the fuck? You have a brand? Oh, yeah. Brand, brand walking down this aisle? Yeah, do yeah. you know what I mean? So it, for me, it's like I like to create that interest point 
without saying the obvious thing. Yeah, yeah. I like you know that. I mean, so it's kind of like, oh, he's interesting straight away. The the first um, expression is like, oh, his yeah, impressions, he's interesting. Yeah, I like it. Um, the the entrepreneurial pursuit has been nothing but admirable, as we've covered in this episode for sure. And I was just curious as to what would be some, I guess, um, tips for young creative minds that are coming through uh, that are thinking maybe of creating a brand just doing chasing what they want to chase you know i'd say travel and trying to plunge it into any like something you you're passionate about um a lot of kids too lazy to do their research right? i get a lot of kids hey do you how to start a brand where'd you get your shit made i'm like bro have you googled yeah, like clothing matter yourself, right? yeah. do you know what i mean like right now everything is in your phone like literally back then i had to ask around like i have to call us factories hey oh, do you send strip to like nowadays you just google clothing manufacturer it comes up on your ads tiktok instagram everywhere yeah but they're still they're too lazy to do it themselves right they're too scared to take the first step so like i would say if you're really passionate about say fashion man get into it you don't know what you want to do well work at retail store and figure out what you want to do or start starting or study fashion now they have fashion schools here. Yeah, yeah back then we have to learn how to make dresses to get into streetwear whatever right? but now you can actually do menswear in the fashion school which is crazy um same thing if you want to get into hospital man learn what you want to do like find an angle but whatever you do like when you're still young you, you can you can fail so yeah. like i remember when i was like in like, i saw you remember I spent my twenties basically dancing. That's all I knew. That's all I wanted to do at the time. I want to be. I want. I don't want to dance forever. You know, I didn't know I was gonna get into fashion. Like when I was eighteen, nineteen, I want to be like. I want to break all around the world. I'll be poor. I'll be staying in a hostel. I don't care. <laughs> I wanted to travel around the world. You know, that was like my dream. And then kind of fell into fashion. I'm like, holy shit, this is so much fun. So like, if you're young, just like try different things. Do you know what I mean? It's not your uh, end journey. It's a beginning. Like I did again, I studied fashion, uh, film video at uni, and I didn't know I was gonna get into film video. I still didn't want to get into it, but now I'm using those skills in the fashion game. So I know how to make video clip. I know how to make editorial campaign video. I know how to edit. I know how to take photos. I know how to do all these things, and I know how to market it. Learned multimedia at uni. Ah, oh, now I know how to code a little bit, so I can do Facebook ads more efficiently. These are the sort of things like the skills that you learn um, younger uh, in your younger years. But also going to help build who you are. Yeah. So I'd just say try as many things as you can. I really love that idea of like in your younger years and, and like, or particularly I hear it in your twenties, like try as much stuff as you can, and then yep. in, in your thirties, like refine it, and then just like and get really get better at those skills. Well, I think it goes twenties. Try everything you, you can. Yeah. Thirties more like finding what you're really in, interested in. Okay. And then forties refining that what you oh, found in your thirties, yeah. right? And by fifties, you should already be good at what what you're doing in the 40s and 30s um and I, yeah i was watching this guy podcast I'm like that's so true mm. i guess i'll be getting into my 40s soon <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm really interested man it's all about learning bro like people gotta keep like pursuing um just like, absorbing as much knowledge as you can so having that open mind right 100 percent, don't shut you off um i wish i can read more and that was like the one skill that i wish i i know i was trying to like polish up uh when i was younger uh, I just find it really hard to read. But if, if you can read, just read, read as many books as you can. Um, and just learn, 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 learn. I'm a, I'm a, I love my books. So can you give me, you don't read much, you said. So have you really read a few though? Yes. Like okay. the ones that I'm like really into, I can read the whole okay, book. Give me, like, give me three recommendation yep. books. And I know you're a podcast man. Mm. And then give me your top three potties. 
the three books I'd recommend. Um, one is Men Are From Venus, uh, Men Are From Mars, and Women From Venus. Mm-hmm. I think every guy and girl had to read that book because yeah. it it gives you perspective on how to communicate with different um, opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I think if everyone like reads this book, man, you will save a lot of marriages and relationship. Right? To me, it's a very very interesting book. Uh, second book, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, yeah Napoleon Hill. Napoleon it's Hill. And, and if you actually read the book, it's not a business book. It's more like a law of attraction book because he kept saying about universe. The secret? Give it. The secret is yeah. um, I love. That really opened, the, opened up a lot of doors. Um, I didn't read the book. I watched the movie. I think the movie yeah. came out first and the book mm-hmm. came out after. Um, so the secret definitely is a must. And, you know, like my, my fourth one would be like, that book that I mentioned before, the game, because yeah. fucking yeah. amazing how it's not teaching how to pick up because people now figure out like the the game, the technique and stuff, but it really teaches you how to demonstrate higher value through body language, through the way you talk, and creating an interesting conversation starter and stuff like that. I use that in business a lot. Um, with podcasts, I mean, obviously, I love listening to Joe Rogan stuff because it's so diverse with like different guests yeah yeah you know from like science 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 guy to like movie star comedian mma like all these things that we're interested in um i, I started to listen well, i love listening to tom billy podcast yeah impact theory impact theory mm-hmm. um but now he's gone into this like weird health yeah shit. all like, health man yeah. yeah so now i've like turned into ed milet stuff which is awesome i love ed milet the power of one more baby the power of one more <laughs> yeah. um but you know like the School of Greatness? Yes, I love yes. the School of Greatness as well. Like, there's a lot out there. Mike Thurston's. Diary of a um, CEO. Yeah. Yep, Diary of a CEO is great. Um, but my favorite to watch uh, over and over again, it's not a podcast, but it's Teaching by Jim Rohn. Teaching Jim, Jim Rohn. Rohn. So, like, there's a yep. four hour video how to make your life, uh, how to make the best life. Um, so, Jim Rohn is, is Tony Robbins' mentor, yeah, he's the right? King. Oh, true. So you got like Tony the, Robbins, yeah. he's the king. And then he, Tony Robbins kept, out of all the mentors, Tony Robbins kept mentioning Jim Rohn to a point I'm like, where the fuck is Jim Rohn? Do you hear the story about how he like met him and got into Yes, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and then I listened to Jim Rohn's mentor, El, uh, El Shof, right? But then I just starting to, I couldn't really relate because it's like on an old school vinyl and like the way they, the way they talk back in the day is really weird. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, man, I can't relate to shit. And then I start to, you know, from El Shof, he got El Nightingale. And Earl Nightingale, you got Napoleon Hill. And above Napoleon Hill, you got Andrew Carnegie and all that rest stuff. So I was trying, I was curious of like going through the teachings from Tony Robbins to whoever. But out of everybody, Jim Rohn is my guy. Jim like Hill. the way he like communicates, the way he expresses, the way he teaches. Oh, man, that lecture, the four hour lecture on YouTube, I saved it on my phone. I still watch it. I used to go to the beach, listen 15 minutes of it, take notes, and that was the game changer. Yeah, you have to watch. Well, that's so much. Uh, it. <laughs> it's a must. It's my top one out of thing that really changed me. Yeah, like it. Thanks, Brian. Perfect. Um, getting towards the end, I have to ask because I heard him on the other podcasts you're on. Like, you've had these celebrities come into the store, like Billie Eilish, Kid Leroy, and and um and those big figures. Who do you think? If someone walked in the store, you'd just freak out. <laughs> like, oh, man, shit. I only fanboy one person. Like, if Kanye comes in, I don't really care. But if Kid Cudi comes in, right, I'm a big Kid Cudi fan, yeah. right? I've got a painting of Kid Cudi in the store. <laughs> you know, he's my shrine. 
um, like Pursuit of Happiness is still my yeah, number one song yeah, of all time. Yeah. You know, whether like you just having good, like it's just the pick me up song. Like whether I'm winding down from nightclub or I'm about <laughs> to go to work, I put Kid Cudi Pursuit of Happiness song on. Um, I think that's the one guy, Kid yeah. Cudi. Right, so and that for me would be J. Or Blink 102. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I get the Blink guys, oh man, they come in next year. Man, I'll be like over the moon. Are you going to try? Oh, I've already got my ticket. Yeah, love it, yeah, love like it. Like a year ago. <laughs> I'm going to get him a ticket as well. <laughs> All right, off the back of that, give us one NBA player you want. NBA player that I want? That you want, like you just see him rocking in NBA finals. It's game seven. LeBron James. And he's wearing your kit. Oh, man. I, I don't really care about the new NBA players, to be honest, like, because I'm stuck with the, the Jordan era. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? To me, no one's ever going to be like Michael Jordan. To a point where, like, I, at home, my nickname is actually Michael. So I changed my name when I was a kid to oh, Michael. True. My mom, my, so all my family called me Michael. LeBron's Only better, like my friend. Huh? LeBron's better. Oh, that's right. Nah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying. I don't really care. Like, people, I like, yesterday. Things, like, <laughs> the thing is, like, people who haven't Sweet. watched Michael will, will watch LeBron. They get it. You know, yeah, they think the yeah. Steph Curry is LeBron. I mean, LeBron's crazy the way he's doing now. Um, just to stay, yeah. Huh? I'm just trying to stay. I don't yeah. really care, man. <laughs> but the thing is, like, everyone's, like, great. But MJ has, like... I just remember like everyone wants to be like Mike, you know, yeah. there was oh, yeah. a whole videos. Oh, everyone would be like Mike. I'm like, God damn. And the time when I grew up, Mike Tyson, Michael Jordan, all the yeah. Mike, Michael Jackson even, you know, like, <laughs> like shit, all the oh, Michaels. Michael. Like, fuck yeah, I want to be a Michael. <laughs> you know? um, I got one last question for you on the back of that. Where do you see in 10 years time, where do you want the brand to be? Well, I see the brand as a billion dollar company. Start doing philanthropic stuff, you know, which is like, you know, I want to help the community. So for me, I'm big with like uh, kids with disabilities. I want to make like um, manufacturing a big thing in, in Australia as well. Um, we're not known as a manufacturing country. Like people say, why don't shit get shit made in Australia? Man, if we can actually, if we got the skill set here and the technology, I'd love to make shit here. You know, unfortunately, we don't have that capability. That's why I have to go to China or Europe or Portugal, Italy. Um, so I just see Kevin as a, like that mega company. Like for, for me, my biggest thing is if I want to make a big difference, I have to be big enough so I can. Yeah. Stuff but, the know, moon. This ship's going to the stars, baby. Bro, <laughs> like I've, yeah, I've, we've got big plans for the brand, man. Like that's that's why I need to knuckle down. Stop drinking it. for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Times ahead. No, yeah. I love it, man. Um, and then, yeah, let the listeners know, like where can they find you? Where can they find out more about Cabinet? Man, you can just check out our website, kevinandai.com.au or just come and see us. You know, I'm always there between What's the that? cafe. Addy? The Addy is 300 Murray Street in Rain Square. So right behind Louis Vuitton. So we're directly behind Louis Vuitton. Um, so just come and see us, meet the crew. You know, if you've got questions, just come and, and meet us. You know, it's all about the community. Yeah. So I feel like, uh, you know, our platform, our store is, is a great way to meet people. We throw a lot of events. Like this Friday, we're doing an event, a launch party. Um, so we want as many people to come in and join and just enjoy the people with like mind, like-minded people around. Um, and it's a good way to network as well. Mm, love it. And uh, and an Instagram handle, Edward uh, Maradona. So my personal one is unders- uh, Edward underscore Maradona. And then, you know, at Cabinet Noir as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. We'll again, include them in yeah. the show notes, man. But um, Sounds good. Thanks thank for having you so- me. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been truly inspiring. And uh, I've definitely got a lot of out of it. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to come back again. Definitely. definitely. Absolutely. We'll, um, we'll definitely tee this up. And um, I might have to come in and get a new kit. Hell yeah. <laughs> and a, and a coffee. Some dosh. And a coffee. <laughs> and a coffee. Nah, thanks, mate. We really appreciate you jumping on and um, giving us your time. We know how busy you are. So, easy. Cheers, guys. Catch you in the next one. Take care.
Thanks for listening to another episode. If you liked it, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave a review, all that jazz. We love your support and we'd love for you to continue supporting us. If you want more info and want to know what we've got coming up, please head to our Instagram, chuck us a follow. And even check out our website for more episodes, resources, recommendations, and lots, lots, lots more. Links are attached in the description below. Cheers.